good morning. Um, I'm going to try not to screw this up because usually when I'm working in front of people, I've got a 50-yard box to run around in, and you guys are usually behind me, which makes me much more comfortable. But anyway, we're going to get through this this morning. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, Mason for, I'm not sure why, but giving me the chance to do this. Um, um, congratulations on the start of the new family, and uh, it's an awesome thing, and and. He's, uh, I'm sure he's going to make a wonderful dad, and Jody's going to make a wonderful mom, and, and it's, just, uh, it's just really awesome that the church family uh, grew by one. Um, the, the thing about doing this is I'm going to talk about, um, I'm, I'm already kind of jumping around, I'm, I'm a victim of shiny things, things happen and throws me off course. I've been talking with Mason quite a bit, and uh, I said, I don't know how you do this. It's, it's crazy, because... I put this down, uh, it's been a month or so since Mason told me that, that I was going to do this, and we figured out kind of what day it was going to be, and every time I looked at it, I changed something, and so I put it down uh, probably Tuesday or Wednesday, hadn't looked at it for a couple of days, picked it up the other day, crap, I got to change this. So if Mason ever asks you guys to do this, run, but it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a great opportunity um, because um, you... you I think you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot. I, I told Mason that, that uh, you know, it's just crazy that I keep making changes and, and just a little behind the scenes type stuff. Um, Mason says, don't worry. I sometimes make changes as I'm walking up here. He said he'll be standing back there while the band's singing and he's making changes as he goes. So um, when I change things on the flight, so like I said, usually because I've been distracted by something. And, um, but anyway, so we're going to do our best to get through this. Um, Greg Gilberto, good friend of mine, um, really good friend of mine. He's been one of our team chaplains for, geez, 20 plus years. Um, he gave me some advice. I told him I was going to be doing this and he gave me some advice. Uh, and he said, whenever you say something really, really important that you want him to understand that you want him really focused on, he says, you need something to hit. So if I ever walk over here and hit this table, it's important that, or, you know, I just want to follow Greg's advice. So if I start, if I start hitting something that's, um, that's uh, kind of where I'm going with that. Um, just, to, just to kind of get this going, I want to take care of a couple things. First of all, Mason always has a bunch of wonderful stories and illustrations. Uh, the biggest difference is my stories and illustrations probably aren't going to make a whole lot of sense. And all my stories and illustrations are older than Mason. So it's... Um, <laughs> um, anyway, we all have different interests. We all have different things that we're, that we're comfortable doing. We all have different things that we are uh, good at. Um, one of the, one of the first, um, shiny thing moments, um, see, I've got this really, when Mason sends out his, his, uh, his sermon every week and it's 10 pages and it's word for word. And, and I'm just like, I've got three pages of notes. So anyway, this, this won't take long, but, um, I went to bed last night about one o'clock and which is not, not terribly uh, uncommon for me, but I was laying there in bed. And I just couldn't, I just, I'm laying there and laying there and I, just, I couldn't get my brain to shut off. And I'm thinking, I am laying here being worried about something where I'm going to talk to you guys about being comfortable with what you're doing. I'm like, it makes no sense. It, you just, you, you kind of get fixated on things. But once again, it's, it's a comfort level that we have. This is not going to come as a huge surprise to a lot of you guys, but I'm very comfortable cutting grass. But that's just because something I've always done. Mom and dad instilled a work ethic in me from a very, very young age. If it grew in our neighborhood, we probably cut it. And it didn't matter what size the yard was, we got $5 a yard. 
okay? And so me and my three brothers, we'd take off pushing our 19-inch lawn boy mowers wherever we could. And if it wasn't from a pushable distance, we'd load them up in, the, you know, in a car or truck, and Dad would drive us around town. And then when we really got big in, you know, in our yard mowing, we actually got a ride mower and uh, drove it around. And uh, my younger brother, Doug, uh, always kind of thought that, well, I should drive the tractor because I'm the youngest. He couldn't push the hills as well. So anyway, um, you get comfortable doing certain things. If it snowed, we would try and get in and we would try and get out. And we were like little snow ninjas. We'd try and get the people's driveway shoveled before they, before they knew we were even there. Okay? And that's just something that I've always been comfortable doing. And that's why um, I've often said I'm much more comfortable swinging, a golf, swinging an axe than swinging a golf club. I can't stand golf. It's, it's just one of those things. People say, you live by the golf course. I just, that's just not me. I'm not comfortable doing that. So it's just something that, that um, you know, you, 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 everybody has their own niche. Everybody has what they fit in really well with. We're all different in our lives, and we all have different interests. And it doesn't make any of us any better or any worse. It just, it just makes us who we are, okay? Some people are deathly afraid of public speaking. It doesn't really bother me a whole lot. Um, like I said, usually when I'm working in front of people. You, hopefully, hopefully, if things are going well, I'm working in front of thousands of people. If things aren't going well, there might be a couple hundred people in the stands. But it's, public speaking is not something that's always really bothered me. But once again, the first couple times I did it, it's just something you have to get comfortable with. So um, once again, it's just, it's just what we're good at. It's what we want to spend our time on, okay? I know just enough about plumbing that I'm dangerous about it, but Ben can take care of you, okay? I know just enough about treating injuries to say, yep, you're hurt, don't worry about it, you've got another one, and move on. But he, <laughs> Kid will say, coach, I hurt my ankle. I'm like, well, don't worry about it, you got another one. And sometimes they'll say, okay, and limp off, and then sometimes I'll say, go see Heath, because he's going to take care of it, okay? Um, there are some things that you could work on, and no matter how hard you work on it, I could train forever. I could just set my goal right now that I want to be as fast as Cheeky, but that's not going to happen, okay? Cheeky qualified for three events at the, at the state track meet yesterday because Cheeky's really, really fast. So um, I can't, that's not me. You guys don't want to hear me sing. Stephanie has spent a lot of time, and the band has spent a lot of time working on that skill, working on, that, working on that, uh, um, that thing that they're comfortable with, that they want to spend their time on. So, you know, we've got a lot of different people. Once again, a lot of different people, a lot of different people in the, in the congregation that they just have things that they're good at. But for the most part, it's not by chance. It takes preparation. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of preparation. I would like to think that I've always been ready for any sporting season I was getting ready for, but I wasn't. Okay, and I tell my kids, he's probably heard me say this before. Kid will come in and and they're, you know, coach, I'm gonna throw up. I said, don't throw up on the plastic grass. Go find a trash can. You know, and the, as they run off the field, I'm like, how long did you know this was coming? How long did you know this day was coming? And that doesn't usually make a whole lot of difference that they aren't ready, but you gotta know what you have to do to prepare. And I have. <clears throat> I've had times uh, when I wasn't prepared. My first day, I was fortunate enough to graduate from uh, high school and go play uh, college ball at SEMO. Um, Division II back then, I was, uh, I, I 
played college ball. I was, I was an offensive lineman, just a little bit, well, actually about 25, 30 pounds bigger than this, but still, as Division II, we weren't, we weren't uh, you know, it's nothing, uh, nothing to be uh, real super excited about, but I go in for my first day of practice, and uh, one-on-one drills, first day. I put my hand on the ground, across from me is a returning all-conference linebacker. So I come out of my stance. Well, when I woke up, Butch was standing over the top of me. <laughs> he caught me under the chin strap with a forearm, and I just went down. I thought I was ready for that moment. Butch showed me that I wasn't. Butch is standing over the top of me. I don't know how long I was out, but I, you know, back then, you just shake it off and you go. Um, he, he's standing over the top of me, and I just remember kind of opening my eyes, and he, he said, hey, welcome to SEMO, and he picked me up. I wasn't ready for that, but I thought I was. And so my first day of teaching, I, you know, I'm a highly skilled, uh, underpaid educator. And I walk into my classroom in the first day. I, I, was a, I was a real teacher for about 23 years or so. I taught in the social studies department. Now I just watch kids run and lift all day. Um, but I walked in and I opened the book and I got my children in front of me and I'm just like, I got nothing. I wasn't ready for that. Four years at SEMO, I wasn't ready for that. It's just one of those things. So for my first week of teaching, I was pretty much just kind of making it go. I, just, I was faking it until I made it work. And, and then I would like to think that hopefully over the years, um, I got more comfortable. Those failures, uh, when, when Butch lit me up, okay, I realized, wow, I'm not ready for this. I got to get better. I had a choice to make that when, when, when Butch hit me and then when I, when, I, when I went to my first day of teaching. And, and you guys... The thing about what I'm going to share with you this morning is anybody could get up here and just use your own personal life experiences and, and just fill in the blanks, okay? But whenever you're, whenever you're, whenever you're hit with a, a situation that you're not ready for, you're not prepared for, you've got two choices, and that is quit, cower away, accept the fact that you're a failure, or, or get to work and try and figure it out. Well... With football, it's pretty easy. You just gotta, you just gotta man up and take care of it, and, and take your bumps and bruises. I mean, you know, from an education standpoint, I just, I just, seriously, this is a little inside baseball stuff, and I'm, we've got a lot of teachers uh, in the room, and hopefully they were all more pre- prepared than me on my first day. But, but probably the first month of school, I was, I was making sure that I was two or three pages ahead. Because you've always got smart kids in class that'll screw things up for you. And they'll always read ahead and they'll start asking questions. So I always I say, hey, you guys make sure you know this information for tomorrow. And I just stay a couple pages ahead of them, okay? I made it work, okay? But it's, there are certain times in your life um, that, you can't just, uh, that you can't just make it work, um, Every once in a while, you're going to come into a situation where you're not prepared. You can't prep for it. It happens, and you just deal with it, okay? I have had the, I, have had the, uh, um, uh, I guess, the misfortune, I guess, of, of coming up against, coming and seeing a couple of pretty bad wrecks when Julie and I were coming home from our, uh, from our honeymoon. Um, we came upon a, a, a pretty serious wreck, okay? Uh, coming home from mom's house one night on, on um, I believe it was Thanksgiving, it was late, might have been Christmas anyway, came upon a wreck there around Advance. There's times, there's certain things you can't prepare for, and it just happens, and it, you, just, you just deal with it. I was, taking a, um, I was taking a car out to the highway patrol station uh, a couple weeks ago, 
uh, to get inspected. And I'm just cruising down, uh, the, uh, cruising down the bypass, and all of a sudden, I'm backward, facing the wrong way in the southbound lanes because my car hydroplaned, and I went all the way across the median and wound up sitting on the other side. And when that was all done, I was like, well, I'm okay, thank you, God, and here we went on. So there are some things in life that you can't prepare for, okay? But you just make them work, okay? Um, the, the thing about your faith is it's no different. Your faith is something that you have to work on. It doesn't just happen by chance. You don't, um, you can't do what Mason does. You can't do what Dave does. You can't do what Stephanie and the band does without working at it. And sometimes the thing about your comfort level is you have to get out of your comfort level to realize that you're ready or not ready. I guarantee when 10, 11 years ago, when Dave and Doug decided that they were going to start this church, that probably wasn't a real comfortable thing. They were probably very secure in what they had. So sometimes getting out of your comfort level <clears throat> is extremely necessary. And sometimes it takes certain events to make you realize that, yeah, I'm ready for this or no, I'm not. I can remember, I grew up in church. Um, Mom, you know, dad was on the church board. Mom sang in the choir. Um, I, I was I had Sunday school classes. I, I ran the youth group at my church for a real long time. You know, I've been involved in SCA through school and high school and college, especially college. And, and you know, I've been in charge of running FCA down here for, well, 33 years now. Um, not all, you know, not all this time as a head guy. But um, I remember the first time that I realized that my faith wasn't good. My faith wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. Fields of faith. It was at the old stadium still. Kid comes up to me afterward in tears. And I had given, a, I had given the, you know, the welcome, you know, thank, welcome to Papa Bluff, you know, bathroom's here, bathroom's there, let's pray. And I had done that. So I guess this kid thought that I could help him. And he came up to me practically in tears and wanted me to pray for him. And I froze. I, uh, 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 well, um, um, and luckily, I can't remember if it was Doug or Greg, but they just happened to be walking by, and I, uh, 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 so you need to talk to this man. And I said, I said, I can't remember if it was Doug or Greg, but I said, this kid needs you to pray for him. And I walked off. I wasn't ready. I, I'm the FCA guy. I should have been ready for that. I should have been, I should have been, one of, uh, I should have been a person that kid could have came to and, and, and talked to, but I wasn't ready. My faith wasn't strong enough. My, the, the, my comfort level in my faith wasn't strong enough <clears throat> for me to share with that young man when he really, really needed it. And that was probably the first time that I realized that I needed to work on this. Just like I wasn't ready for my first day at SEMO, I had to work on that. Just like I wasn't ready for my first day of teaching, I had to work on that, okay? The difference between your faith and, and your first day of teaching when you got a bunch of kids out there who suppose that, you know, they, they assume that you know more than them is for that first couple weeks of school, I was, I just, I just, whatever, you know, I just stayed a step ahead of them. I was faking my way through the first couple weeks of school. 
You can't do that with your faith. Because when you, when you try and fake your way through your faith, I think it becomes pretty obvious and pretty evident that, that you're kind of a fraud. And that's, that is a, that's an, incredibly, um, an incredibly uncomfortable position to be in. Um, over the years, I've sat and listened to lots of different preachers. Watching the pros do what they do, I'm... Another shiny moment. I'm always amazed when I'm talking to Mason or I'm talking to Greg or I'm talking to Dave McCormick or I'm talking to somebody and they, and they can just say, well, in this book of the Bible, it says this and, it says, and they can rattle. I'm just like, wow, that's impressive to me. But listening to the pros do their job, that never made me feel really inferior in my face because that was their job. That was, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. And that, what made me, one of the, what makes me feel, when, when I go back and think about it, some of the things, some of the biggest things in my life that have helped me change my faith is FCA and Field of Faith stuff. When, when a kid, when I first started teaching, you know, when a kid who's five or six years younger than me, and now a kid who's 40 years younger than me, can stand up and just knock down a testimony. I mean, we've had over the years, a lot of you guys know Zane Faust, uh, goes to church here and stuff. He, he, was, he was the recognized spiritual leader of the football team for a couple of years because we got our, our team chaplains. We'd, <clears throat> we'd meet with the, opposite, with the, with the opponent every, uh, at the end of every game. And then we got in trouble because obviously you can't, I can't pray in sporting events. That's terrible. So the chaplains couldn't take care of it anymore. So Zane just stepped up. And watching kids like Zane and Colin Lamberson, who, was, who, got a, who got the FCA Impact Athlete of the Year Award this year for Southeast Missouri, watching those kids made me realize that my faith's not what it should be. Like I said, watching the pros do it, that's what they're supposed to do. They're, they're, that's what they've trained to do. That's what they're comfortable doing. But watching these, watching these, you know, watching these kids, listening to Alyssa speak before people, and it's just, that is the kind of the stuff that made me realize that I needed to get much, much better um, at what I was... My, I needed to get much better at my primary purpose in being here. My, my primary purpose for being here is not to bother children in the weight room and, and put them through football practice. That's not... That's none of our... Our, our primary goal of being here is not to to be a teacher or to be a plumber or be a trainer or be a, it's, it's to represent God and to spread the word. And the thing is yet, it doesn't happen by chance. It's, it's, um, I wasn't ready to help a young man when he needed to, when he needed the help. So I guess, um, following in Mason's footsteps, the, the big idea of, of this message is um, your faith is just like anything else. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort to be good at it. And it doesn't just happen by chance. You have to, you have to work at it. it. It's just like anything else. Your faith to me is really, really important. And the first time, um, like I said, when I used to be a real teacher, I can remember a long, long time ago, somebody said, What's religion all about? And once again, this was a long time ago. I wasn't really ready for it. But 
I can remember telling this kid the same thing that I've kind of got down here is that I think your faith is really, really important because it makes you whole. It kind of helps fill in the blanks in your life. It kind of helps explain the unexplainable. It makes the really difficult times easier to deal with. And it makes the good times that much more enjoyable because good or bad. And a lot of times I think we all get caught up in, God, why did you let this terrible thing happen to me? Instead of, God, thanks for giving me all the stuff that you've given me. I think a lot of times we, we focus too much on, you know, on, on the negative and we don't give God near enough credit for the positive. So um, it fills in the blanks. It makes the person whole. It makes the difficult times better. It makes the good times, it makes the good times that much more enjoyable. It, it's, it's what helps make a person the person that they're supposed to be, and which obviously is a person who is going to go out and spread the gospel. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready for the Cape game my, my second year down here. And Coach Weber, who was the head coach at the time, also the athletic director, his secretary comes out and she says, Coach, you need to get to Cape as quick as you can. Something's happened to your dad. Well, this was 1989. Um, I don't have a cell phone then. And obviously, most people didn't back then. So I'm like, uh, I, I ran into a coach and said, uh, something's going on. I got to go to Cape. So it was an hour of not knowing. It was an hour of everything's going to be fine. Um, I, you know, I don't know what's going on. But all I heard was something happened to your dad. You need to get to Cape. So I took off. And I pull into the hospital and I will um, never forget my Aunt Carol comes out and she meets me as I'm getting out of the truck. And she said, Dave, your dad died of a heart attack. Just fell at work and that was it. Um, and I was just, wow. That was one of those moments that I didn't know how to handle. And I needed help. I needed faith. I needed something to fall back on because Aunt Carol telling me that my dad had died <clears throat> was one of the, you know, up to that point in my life, one of the most difficult things that I'd ever had to deal with, probably the most difficult thing, okay? And so I don't think I could have handled that without the faith background that I had. And it wasn't, I'm, I'm, I would like to think that my faith background has, has grown considerably um, since then. Um, as I'm working through this, <clears throat> the story I just shared you, with you about my dad was the, it was the most instant, just that's what I want to share as one of those unexplainable things in life that your faith helps get you through it. And so I thought, okay, we ask God to get us through the rough parts. We don't give God enough credit. So I'm thinking positive things. Okay, what, what is the positive thing that I want to say? And then we got to thank God for this. It's pretty much everything else. I mean, I, I can think of, I mean, I could think of the day I was married, the day my kids were born. I could think of, of you know, all of these great things. And I could just, I could stand up here all day long and just, this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, and none of them would be possible without God. And the, the, the thing about it is, once again, being, hopefully being strong enough in your faith um, <clears throat> that you understand that the good times and the, and the bad times, it's all part of God's plan. And so um, I got just a couple illustrations as I kind of start to wrap this up. Um, 
about people's faith. Um, Josh Mills, uh, who is the area director, <coughs> Southeast Missouri area director for FCA, shared this with the kids one day. He was over. Um, he was over at. Uh, he came over to. Uh, I don't know what he's doing here in town for, but he, he was going to speak. He spoke to the kids, and he shared with the kids this little story. And I'm just going to. I'm just going to read a little bit of it to you. Um, because this is once again about leaning on your faith. This is once again about being prepared for the things in life that you need to be prepared for. Sykes and Tuttle coach Jennifer Hodgkiss had been battling an illness for some time and went to the ER in Sykeston. While there, anxious about <clears throat> what was going on with her own health, a man in the room next to her had been struggling greatly. At one point, they had to revive him with the paddles. As the nurse walked in, she was cool, calm, and collected and just handled Miss Hodgkiss' situation with ease. She came back in to check vitals, et cetera, and stuff later on, and Jennifer asked how she was so calm after dealing with the situation in the room next door. And her response, well, I rely on my faith to get me through tough times. Jennifer and the nurse got into a conversation, and I'm not patting myself on the back or anything, but this is pretty cool. Uh, Jennifer and the nurse, uh, this nurse got into a conversation about their faith, both sharing their journey and at some point, the nurse said that she was introduced to the gospel for the first time as a senior at a Papa Bluff High School FCA meeting. The nurse didn't start following Christ right there, but that was her introduction. That was the seed that was planted in her. And later on in college, she began her own faith journey, and the rest is history. So this lady who is... She's got to revive a guy. You know, she watches this guy get revived with the paddles, walks to the next room, and just goes on about her business. That's not something that would probably be really, really easy to do. Um, I, I, look at, I look at some of the stuff that highway patrolmen see and some of the stuff that, that police see and, and uh, to a certain extent, some of the stuff that Heath has to deal with. I mean, you run out on the field and the kid's arm's bent the wrong way. I'm just like, but, but Heath, you know, <laughs> you want to come deal with this? Because uh, arms aren't supposed to bend that way. And we had a... We had a young man uh, t 10 years ago um, go down, his heart stopped. And if Heath hadn't been there, the kid wouldn't be around anymore. Heath was prepared to do that. He was, he was ready to go. And once again, that's, that's, that's just a, a preparation. Um, in Romans, um, in Romans um, 1, 16 and 17, it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it, is <clears throat> because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it, God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And so that's, there's, there's, a, there's a, a purpose for it. There is... There is um, Your, your, your faith has a purpose, okay? Um, as I was working on, on this uh, presentation um, for what it is, um, I've got an old radio sitting in my uh, office that used to sit in my classroom. And I've got a, little quotes on it from some of the different people who have spoken at FCA. And as I'm sitting there, I reach over to turn, turn the, the station on it, and I look, 
and there's two quotes. Both of them are from 10 plus years ago. And I thought, man, these, these really, really work. There was a young lady by the name of Chelsea Darnell. She was an athlete at Pablo High School, went to, went to, uh, uh, came to FCA all the time and spoke several times. And the thing that stuck out from what she said was, face not like Burger King. You can't have it your way. And I thought, wow, that deserves a sticker on the radio. So I wrote it down and put it on the radio. Um, your face is kind of non-negotiable. Your face is kind of non-negotiable. You can't, you can't fake it till you make it with your face. It just doesn't work that way. And then one year, Mr. Young was the principal over there. Uh, there was a, uh, an ESPN uh, sports analyst, uh, Chris Singleton. He was a former baseball player, and he was on ESPN's baseball coverage and stuff. And he was speaking. He was going to be the keynote speaker for uh, Three Rivers uh, graduation. And uh, uh, Mr. Young said, hey, I've got this ESPN guy. Uh, he said, do you have a speaker for, ES for, for FCA this week? I've got this ESPN. And I was actually planning on speaking that week. I said, nope, we don't got one. So, so Mr. Singleton came in and did a really good job. But the thing that he said that, that really stuck with me, and I once again put it on a sticker and put it on the radio, is, uh, and this was, this, was about, this was about 10 years ago today. It was because I looked on the little sticker this morning. Um, just like your cell phone, you've got to stay plugged in to stay charged. It's, your faith is never done, okay? Your faith is never done. It's always constantly changing. It's always constantly growing, okay? Second Timothy says, for God has not given us, Second Timothy 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. We weren't designed, we weren't designed to be timid. We weren't designed to be fearful. We weren't designed to be afraid. But, and this is something that I share with the kids in FCA a lot, and you guys that have come to FCA uh, have probably heard me say this a lot. Biggest part about sharing your faith or biggest part about doing anything that you're not ready for is just getting out of your comfort level, okay? Like I said earlier, when, when Mason or when, when Dave and Doug started this church, it was probably kind of some uncomfortable times for them, okay? Um, you just have to step out of your comfort level sometime. And you have to do things that maybe don't uh, make uh, the most sense, okay? Um, God made us courageous. He made us strong so that we could do his work, so that we could love God and love people. Um, so to wrap this up, um, another little thing that, I've got lots of stuff from FCA. Um, and I was really afraid. I almost had to call my family and say, you might need to bring my glasses, but the lighting's plenty good. I can read this. Um, I, told, I told Sierra last night, I may have to actually wear my glasses. I've never worn my reading glasses in public because you know, I just haven't. Um, but anyway, um, how do we get prepared? How do we get prepared? Um, I've used this in FCA a couple of times, and I want you guys to just kind of think through this with me. Imagine there is a bank which credits your account each morning with $86,400. It carries over, and if you guys have heard this before, <clears throat> don't, don't spoil any. Um, it carries over no balance from day to day, and every morning when you lie down, or every evening when you lay down to sleep, it cancels whatever part of the amount you had failed to use during the day. And the only variable is that you don't know when your bank is going to stop giving you this extra $86,400. So, what do you do? 
Do you find a way to spend it or do you find a way to invest it? Okay. Well, you're all thinking, what in the world is he talking about? Well, in theory, we all have such a bank. It's called time. There are 86,400 seconds in every day. What do you do with those 86,400 seconds? Do you, just, do you just do frivolous stuff? Or do you invest? Do you invest in your kids? Do you invest in your job? Do you invest in this? Do you invest in that? Do you invest in your faith? And that's the... And I am, I am probably the worst person to be up here giving this message because I am very, very guilty of investing in my faith probably after I've invested in everything else, okay? Like I said earlier, I, 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 mow, I, you know, I cut the athletic fields and I do this and that, whatever, and every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll kind of get a little hint from home, uh, the grass is getting a little tall because my stuff a lot of times gets last. Well, your faith shouldn't be like that, okay? Now, I know that, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me, Bill Ray's always told me before, you just, you just need to find time. And for Coach Ray, it was he, every, every morning, he had 30 minutes of quiet time when he woke up. Okay? For some people, it's, it's late at night. Okay? I, 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 you know, I, I'm not that good yet. Okay? Um, but it's the little things. You've got 86,400 seconds every day. Doesn't carry over. And the thing about it is, you never know when you're going to stop getting those 86,400 seconds. So, you know, you, 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 it's how much you're going to put into each day and how much you're going to, how much you're going to get around. So anyway, um, get in the Word, get in prayer. Small groups have been huge for me. Small groups have been really, really huge. It's just a bunch of guys sitting around a table talking. Um, it's easy. Um, it's anything that, that it, it's simple stuff that anybody can do. Just get in the Word. Uh, the, the, the thing you got to understand is that when you get into the word, uh, preparation is important so you can be comfortable in what you're doing. Bottom line, if it's your job, if it's your faith, whatever, preparation is important so you can be comfortable in what you're doing. Because ultimately, um, if you're not ready for the first day of SEMO, Butch knocks you out. If you're not ready for life in general, there's a lot of stuff in life that can knock you down, knock you out. So be prepared. Be comfortable, and don't be afraid to reach out and ask people for help. So, hey, if you would pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, uh, to be here this morning. I hope my uh, stories and my analogies uh, made a little sense to somebody. I, once again, I, I, I pray blessings on Mason and his family and, and, and everything that he does for us. And, and the, the Bluff family, the, 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 the extended um, family, um, to the people who are watching at home and to the people who weren't able to make it this morning, just we are one big family and we're, uh, we're a family who is, who is put here for one purpose and that is to love God and love people and to, and to, be, uh, to be shepherds of your word. So I ask blessings on, on everyone here this morning and I pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen.